Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Good morning. Today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf snatches them, excuse me, and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that did not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father, the word of the Lord. Thanks, Rajan. Everybody, here we are. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here at Elam. It's unbelievable uh, the kind of energy and buzz that's happening around here. Uh, and so many good volunteers that are helping out. I love it, love it, love it. And thanks, Rajan. Uh, as always, you read scriptures like an angel. Mm. Uh, Okay, so uh, I'm going to get right at it. I'm convinced that many of us are trying so hard to be good shepherds without realizing our desperate need to be cared for and known by a good shepherd. Can I get some snaps on that? If you're an empath, any empaths in the house, uh, you, you try to be good shepherds to the deep pain you see in the world, but, or and, you get overwhelmed big time, don't you? If you care about dismantling racism and white supremacy and racial inequality, your good shepherding either goes unnoticed if you're off of social media, or you get pounded if you're on social media. If you're a parent, you try to be a good shepherd to your kids without passing on all your baggage, (laughs) but you end up getting paralyzed with worry that you're screwing it all up anyway. If you're a teacher or therapist, you try to be a good shepherd to your students and clients, and some days you just want to go to bed by 6 p.m. Can I get an amen on that one? If you're queer, you try to be a good shepherd to who you really are, but you still sometimes end up feeling broken, lonely, and misunderstood. 
if you're black, indigenous, or a person of color, you try to be a good shepherd to your own community, even while fighting back the deep sense of exhaustion and hopelessness that you feel. So let's go back to the beginning of this passage, the beginning of this scripture portion. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. A hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for. So first, I'll play question. As you think about your own good shepherding and your own feeling cared for or not, use the chat to answer the question. I'll follow along. Here's the question. Do you feel well cared for these days? Or do you feel scattered? Do you feel well cared for these days? Or do you feel scattered? And I see an amen, oh, Kelly. I assume that went way back to the parent comment <laughs> of wanting to be in bed by 6 p.m. Uh, from Bob, overly well cared for. Way to go, Bob. I love that. From Hannah, scattered. I hear you, Hannah, big time. From Becky actually depends on the day. For me, it maybe depends on the hour. <laughs> for Michelle, depends on the day. Yeah. Do you feel well cared for or scattered? Uh, Bethany Powell, I feel scattered. I would say mostly if I, if spectrum of being scattered to feeling well cared for, I feel mostly scattered. That would be my spectrum. That'd be my honest answer. And so um, I want to talk about what does it mean, uh, because what does it mean to grab a hold of your life again? Because Jesus says this interesting thing. He says, uh, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And then he says this, and I lay down my life for the sheep, but no one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. So I want us to wonder about that. Like, what does Jesus mean when he says, I have power to lay it down again and I have power to take it up again. I think this last bit is really what differentiates Jesus from the hired hands kinds of leaders. Jesus knows where his power comes from, where it rests, and what its foundation is. So he doesn't waste any time forcing his followers to validate his power. He doesn't waste any time manipulating his followers, coercing his followers, making his followers tired, because as a leader, he has no need for his followers to validate him. Hired hand type of leaders are motivated mostly to be validated, and they look to their followers to validate them. Do what I tell you, they say. You need me, they say. See me as the leader that you need. Trust me, they say over and over again. And that's a little bit, can be a little bit of a, a dangerous thing to notice. If, if you hear someone saying, just trust me, just trust me, just trust me over and over again, what does it make you want to do? 
not trust you. Hired hand leaders try to force you to lay down your lives. But they never teach you how to hold on to your life in the first place. If we follow the teaching of Jesus, if we follow the model of Jesus, you can only lay down with authority that which you have held on to with authority. So how can we learn to hold on to our own lives so you can lay it down of your own accord when it's right to do so, and you can hang on to it when it's right to do so? So let's follow Jesus' model. And this is all play number two. And this is, a tr- this is a hard one maybe, but think about it. Remember, there's no, there's no right answers. There's just answers that lead to more and more conversation. So here's the all play quest- question. Try to imagine. Try to imagine what it would be like. What would it feel like to hold your own life in your own hands? What would it feel like to have agency, to hold your own life in your own hands. Uh, Allie, terrifying. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Allie, for participating from the back. Uh, And then, Bob, I'm more consumed with the injustice perpetuated by angry white men who pose as servant leaders in our society than I am with my own discomforts. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Michelle um, from Agnes, funny. It would feel funny to hold my own life in my own hands. What would it feel like to hold your own life in your own hands? Bob, I have always believed, even if untrue, that I do. Okay. Mary, space to breathe. Okay. Nate Banker, it feels empowering. So I'm hearing two different sort of threads. It feels sort of terrifying on the one hand, if it's all up to me, but it also feels empowering to have some agency. From Pam, it feels like too much. Yes, or too moo (laughs) on the chat. Uh, From Allie, could I maybe just hold a little bit of my own life in my hands? Yes. Nate, both those threads at the same time. Thank you for pulling it way bigger than I would have on my own, you guys. It is both terrifying to think about holding your own life in your own hands because can you really take care of yourself? But it also could feel empowering because when you are called to lay down your life, if you haven't held on to it in the first place, it's really hard to know when it's your time to lay it down. I think we can hold both of those realities at the same time. It feels risky, Becky. All good things in life sometimes feel risky. So Kara McClurg, anyone heard of Kara McClurg? She is Kayla McClurg. She's incredible. Uh, She's a writer, and she wrote this, Wise Sheep, learn to turn toward the voice of the shepherd and turn away from the lure of other voices. They learn to trust the presence and care of the one who knows how to guide without a stick, how to lay down his own life or her own life for them without forcing his life upon them. Whoa. Is Jesus the kind of shepherd who knows how to lead you without a stick and without forcing you to lay down your life, without forcing his life upon. 
you. Nate Banker, do I have what it takes? Yeah, that's a question that comes up over and over again when, it, when we're talking about these kinds of things. From Pam, I once thought I had much control. Now I know better. Yes, Pam, thank you. The wisdom of grabbing a hold for so long, right? And then realizing like it's really more about letting go, about admitting what I'm not in control of, about admitting what I don't know that liberation and freedom and human flourishing really happens. So how do we learn to hold this balance between not, not overly laying down our lives when it's not when we're not called to so we can have agency and hold on to what we need to hold on to, but also release control, also release uh, any belief that we have control over the outcome overly. How do we live in this tension of being well cared for by a shepherd who knows us and really cares for us? And how do we learn to resist the lure of other voices? Because those voices can be loud, really, really loud, clanging and banging around in your mind uh, and really obscuring the voice of the good shepherd. So let's learn to recognize. How do we learn to recognize the good shepherd's voice? How do we learn to turn toward it? Well, here are some things that I think I've learned over the years. Also some things that in a really beautifully figurative and maybe literal way, the Bible says about the, the voice of God, how we can recognize the voice of God when it comes, what it sounds like, what it doesn't sound like. So here's the first thought. The good shepherd will never force you or pressure you or shame you. I really believe that's true. The good shepherd will never force you or pressure you or shame you. I love what the Apostle John writes in the Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and lets me in, I will come in and what? I will have table fellowship with him. I will eat with him. I will love him. I will share Eucharist with him. And that is a powerful picture of the vulnerability that God has, right? That's a powerful picture of that God will never force herself or himself on you. That God will never move toward you in a way that shames you or forces you to do something that you're not ready to do. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and lets me in, then I will share Eucharist with them. I just love that. I love that. I love that. I think secondly, also the good shepherd will carry you with gentleness. I read this in Isaiah, the prophet, verse 40, uh, chapter 40, verse 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. I want to read that again because it's so beautiful. 
He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Now, I didn't plan this as an all play, but let's use this opportunity to use the chat. What does that make you feel like as you imagine God, the good shepherd, uh, carrying you in his bosom, gently leading the mothers who are carrying their young? What does that make you feel about how you experience God? Use the chat to answer about the gentleness of God. God will carry you in God's bosom. Uh, Enoch says it feels safe. Kenzie says it feels safe. Bob says, I feel the voice in my heart. When, as Joe Tim says, I have been wrecked by the story. It's a very different picture of the kind of leader who needs to be validated by pressuring you to follow a long list of rules, by pressuring you to feel like you need that leader in your life no matter what. Uh, and it's all about making sure you fit into a certain, uh, certain package. And that's not the kind of leader that Jesus talks about being, that the Bible talks about the good shepherd being. Agnes says she feels happy. So the good shepherd will never force you or pressure you or shame you. The good shepherd will carry you with gentleness. And I love that picture, gently lead the mother sheep. I think it's, a, it's an indication of a trusting leader. If you look at that leader, how are they in terms of how do they interact with women and children? How do they interact with women and children? Are they dismissive? Are they expansive? Do they create space and time? Do they know the value that they see when they get in front of women and children? Or do they quickly brush past them because they have better things to do? Bob, there's no ego in the Good Shepherd. Amen. Well spotted. Well, maybe another observation from scriptures, but also from experience. The good shepherd will also care for others that you don't know and maybe don't even care about. Let's go back to the scripture portion from this week from John 10, 16. I have, this is wild. This is crazy. Like get into this, figure this out. Let this expand your mind. Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, and I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. I mean, come on, people. How much do you love that? Rajan, bingo, Laura, yes. And we love that. We can also get really offended by that, depending on who the other person or people or group is, right? <laughs> we love for that person or people or group to be the others that we like. We don't like it so much when it's the others that we don't agree with and don't like and get offended by and get triggered by. But here Jesus is with no qualification saying, I have other sheep that don't belong to this fold and I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. I mean, that is a powerful statement that I think we need to listen to. It's beautiful and gorgeous. The good shepherd does not qualify your 
sheepliness by the same standards as the sheep do. Can we just get an amen on that? Can we just give snaps on that one? Like you and I don't get to don't get to qualify, don't get to put the standards by which God says who is my sheep and who's not my sheep. <laughs> we can guess, we could have conjecture, but at the end of the day, it is not up to me to decide that. I have other sheep from other folds, and it is my job, Jesus says, to go get them also. Because at the end of the day, there will be one flock and one shepherd. And let's move toward that day. I think that's the day of justice. Amen. That's the day we're looking for. That's the day when the king begins to really usher in the kingdom. Uh, and may it come, may it come soon. And it is now, Laura. Woo. All right. Lastly, the good shepherd will teach you how to hold your own life in the right way. The good shepherd will teach you how to not take control, but how to have power and agency. The good shepherd will teach you how to hold your life with your own hands, with humility and gentleness. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to become my followers, and this is like, this, these are tough words from Jesus. It sounds like tough words. Let's unpack them. Jesus told his disciples, Matthew 16, 24, if anyone wants to become my followers, let him deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those that want to save their life will lose it. And those who want to lose their life for my sake will find it. Now that can sound like anti-agency, just deny yourself, don't be you. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to deny is this word that really means any kind of separation of one thing from another by which the union or fellowship of the two is destroyed. So it's taking one thing and separating it out, taking one whole and taking one piece out. And Jesus wasn't talking about, in these words, true self, false self. But Bob mentioned that there's no ego in the good shepherd. I think this is what Jesus is talking about, denying the ego self, denying the self that will overly control, that will overly judge, that will make uh, this or that and in or out, out of everything. Uh, denying yourself is denying that ego part of you that has to be in control. That's the part of your life that you really do need to lose if you're going to enter into the kind of kingdom that I was just talking about. And that's the kind of life that Jesus learned how to live. And I don't think it came automatically like the matrix. He didn't just get, get that system downloaded. He needed to learn it too. And we can learn it as well. So the true self versus the false self. And you can't carry your cross. Listen, he says, carry your cross, take up your cross. You can't carry it if you lose yourself, your real self. You need a self to carry your cross. That's your cross, your thing, your calling your situation in life you're a mom you're a dad you're a partner you're a husband you're an employee you're a single person you're queer you're a person of color you're that's your you're a white male that is your whatever your cross is you need agency to carry it amen you need to have your life you need to be able to carry your life to carry the cross that you have so if you lose that sense of who you are you can't do that so it's about losing the false self, losing the ego self, losing the judgmental self, losing the dualistic self, so that you can open up and expand into the kind of person that Jesus is leading you to become, where you can carry your cross, 
that's different from someone else's and move into the kind of kingdom life that Jesus envisioned and that Jesus continually calls us into. Uh, Hugo, no proof of citizenship required. Yeah, I'm late to the chat. That's what the kingdom uh, uh, and, and the... I have other sheep from other uh, pens. From Nate, maybe denying yourself is a little bit like get letting go of the bachelor life that is separate from all the others, strictly independent. Yes, maybe it means starting to see yourself as the intertwined with others and the divine. Yes, Nate, that the choices you make don't just impact you, but impact others and God. Yes, that's a united self, right? That's, uh, um, that's not so much of a self-referential self. The ego self is utterly self-referential. There's a difference between holding on to who you are, really, and holding your life and being utterly self-referential, which is kind of what you were talking about, the bachelor life. <laughs> and yes, Bob, amen, Nate. So let's wrap it up. What would it mean for you, like in real time this week, for you to begin to lay down control, lay down any notion of having control of your own life and even of making sure <laughs> that you care for yourself. Now, self-care is good. There's also a, a real desperate need that we have right now to connect back into the good shepherd who will never force you or pressure you or shame you, who will carry you with gentleness, who will care for others that you don't know, and who will hold, who will teach you to hold your life in appropriate ways. What would it mean for you to get in touch with that shepherd even during the days of this week? Is it taking 10 minutes of silence in the morning to meditate? Is it taking one of the verses you heard today and sort of meditating on it? Maybe Isaiah 40, 11, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, gently lead the mother sheep. Is it getting together with someone that you've, you've wanted to pick their brain about, about how they relate to the good shepherd? Is it going for a long walk and just letting yourself be in nature and rest? What is it that would help you this week to get unscattered and to allow yourself to be under the good and beautiful and loving care of the good shepherd who knows you and cares for you by name? What would that look like for you? And do you want that? If you want that, I encourage, you to, I encourage you to seek that out with every fiber of your being. Amen. Woo. Amen. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.